What an inspiration. So what I wanted to do is take some of your questions today, but I also wanted to tell you three little stories about what happened to me that might give you some insight as to why sometimes things are not what they appear and why it sometimes seems harder to recruit. I had a gal the other day who said, you know, Kim, all I need is tell me in the next 30 days what do I need to do to sign up five really stud players. Give me five Lisa Coxes, give me five Donna Marilyn Creeks, give me five Donna Stewarts, give me five of those, and that, then that, that would take care of me. Could you just <laughs> tell me what to do? And it's like, well, that's kind of like the prize we look for. And once you – there's just a way of looking at this business and particularly recruiting, and if you adopt it, you will have a much better time of it. So – one of the first stories that I want to tell you is about my sponsor. When I first got into this business 25 years ago, I went to the San Francisco Hyatt Regency where they had an event, and I'd never been to one of these things. And there's this cute kid in front of the room, well, like maybe, I don't know, 28, 30, something like that, and he was demonstrating these little water filters. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I really like the water filters, and I went to the event because I wanted to sell them, and I didn't know anything about network marketing. I'd never done that, but I'd been in the real estate business, so I really have always enjoyed sales, marketing, talking to people, really, I guess, sharing a point of view. I like persuading people about things that I happen to like, whether it's food, whether it's you know trying to talk them into playing tennis or learning it or whatever. So I've always been one of these people that really does like people. I like interacting with people, and I... I'm not particularly shy. But I saw this guy. So in my real estate business, I was doing really well. And I was in commercial real estate. So, you know, you deal with a lot of agents, you deal with buyers, you deal with sellers. And I really like that. But this idea of marketing something that I use, namely clean water, having a water filter, that was kind of a cool idea. So this guy's up there. And he's, I just remember how cute he was. And that he didn't have, he was talking about how he sold these water filters and how he used to be a waiter. He said, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I went to Harvard, he's a waiter, if he can do it, I can do it. And so then he says, well, you know, I'm making about $90,000 a month. And I figured, well, that sounds pretty good, Ninety grand a month, I could do that. I wasn't doing quite that much in my real estate business, but I figured if this guy could do it, and I remember he was doing a demo with these water filters, and his shirt was not quite tucked into his pants quite right. And I, it just added to how cute this guy looked. And here he was, this, this waiter, right, now, now pulling in $90,000 a month. And I figured for sure this is, you know, my, I had a friend with me, and she says, well, Jim, don't you think, I mean, if he can do this, right, we, you should be able to do this. And, and, and I thought, yeah, well, duh, I mean, i got to be able to do this if he can do that. And so, of course, over the years, I mean, I did the business, and in the beginning, this is the guy who, he's the number one earner in the company, to this day he is, and we've been friends for 25, 26 years. And so he said, well, you know, and when I began doing the business, you know, before I really got involved, I sold the product that he had in front of the room, these water filters. And some of you may know from the last call that I did, that I actually sold like seventy or $80,000 worth of these filters before sponsoring anybody because I didn't know that you should sponsor people. I didn't think about that. And I didn't really know how he'd made his money. I just knew he, there's this guy up there that's cute as can be with his shirt not even tucked in telling me about these water filters, and he made ninety grand this past month, and he was 
a waiter. So I thought, okay, cool. I can. I think I want to see how how to do this because I really like the idea of this product. And I liked clean water, and I knew what it did for me. And I thought, well, that's a great thing to pitch. It's like you know, like a good religion, I guess. And so I sold first all these lot of water filters to people that were in my in the real estate business and the different agents and different people that I did business with, including tenants. And so they had me come to New Orleans for the first convention that I ever went to. And they said, why don't you come up on stage and tell you know these 5,000 people how you sold all these water filters. So I did. I said, here's what I did. And then Jeff came to me after, this wonderful young guy, and he said, now, Kim, what you need to do is you need to sponsor people. So I said, okay, I need to sponsor people. He said, you know, you, you can basically you can sponsor anybody who can fog a mirror because you, that's kind of what they did in those days. And they said, of course, try to find somebody like you. That would be really great. So I thought, yeah, I could do that. So I sponsored probably, I don't know, 60, 70 people in my, when I started the sponsoring part of my business. I sponsored maybe 60, 70 people the first, I don't know, month or two. I sponsored pretty fast. I like to go fast. And what I told people was, look it, I'm promoting this product. This is what it's good for you. If you're into the clean water, we're looking for people who want to, I'm looking for some person here who wants to help me expand this business get the word out about this product and help me find and train and recruit a sales team because we're going to be on top of the whole thing in this area and that's what I'm looking for, somebody who really sees themselves as somebody who could do that with me. And so I sponsored maybe 60, 70 people and most of the people came in at about four or $5,000. That was, the, that was the, what they had at the time and that was basically the, it wasn't the lowest package, but it was kind of a medium package. They had a lot higher packages. Trust me, 10000 25000 100000 We had one for 125000 But people mostly came in at this $5,000 level. Well, what happened is after six months, most of them had dropped out. And it's like, well, so what happened to all you guys? And what happened to all the desire? What happened to all the, I want to make a lot of money. I want to change the world. I want to change my life. I want to change my family's life. And people basically just disappeared and I never heard from them again. And so over the years, this question of what happened in the beginning always kind of bothered me. And I thought, well, you know, how I want to find people like me. I want somebody who wants it the way I want it. And so I started changing how I sponsored people. The ads that we used to run, you used to be able to run money ads, and the first ads that we were told to run were and suggested that we should run by the upline. Of course, you can do what you want in any business. You do, you know, you do what you want to do. But if you have no experience, normally you, you do what people suggest that you do, which is, you know, the, the ads in those days were making ten thousand a month looking for help. So I was making that easily in my real estate business. So I ran that ad first, and that's where I got all the basically people who were looking for something that was going to be a lot easier than they than it turned out to be for them. So I decided that I would change my recruiting. And instead of asking for just anybody, that I would ask for very specific kinds of people. Because I really didn't like that I sponsored 50 or 60 people. And, you know, we made like 1200 bucks on every $5,000. And so that was pretty good money. But it, to me, it wasn't it wasn't that good, and it wasn't worth it to me to sign up a bunch of people, and then they all basically disappeared. I'm a, a boutique sort of person. I guess that's why I ended up at Harvard. It's, it's a smaller school, 
but it's certain kinds of people go there for certain reasons. And I was really very focused on finding just a few people that could hit it out of the park. That's what I wanted instead of all these masses of people who weren't (laughs) really going to do anything. So I ran ads that were very specific. And they said, I'm looking for a singular key player. And then I mentioned the area because we did this all over the country and built a very big business very fast. Key player who's experienced in sales, public speaking, marketing, and who's owned their own business before. Send resume. I'd, I'd modify that slightly today, but not very much. Why did I want a resume? Well, I came, I still come from the old school. I wanted to know who these people were. Like, what have you ever done? <laughs> show me your resume. Show me what you volunteered for. Show me where you stood out. Show me where you, where you have done unusual things so that I could see and I could interview just the people that had the demonstrated drive and caring and some kind of commitment and some kind of, what shall I say, that they were really could commit to something and get behind something and throw themselves into something. That's who I personally wanted to work with. And I didn't care about anything else about, about the rest of their experience. I really didn't care if they had a degree or not. Because in the end, being driven is a quality that comes with a person. And if you want something and you know that if you push it, you can make it happen, those are the people that I wanted. And it didn't matter to me where they had experience in those areas. It could have been anything. But when you know you're at point A and you want to get to point B and you're going to be in the dark part of the way because you're not sure and you go anyway, even if you have to hold hands with somebody, but you make the steps and make the effort, that's the person that I wanted. Well, so what happened, of course, is that I ended up with like four or 500 resumes of people who thought they could be that one key player. So the first tip I can give you from my first story is when you're looking for people, a key a, a person, what I did is I looked in the singular. I never said we have positions or I'm looking for people who it was always a key player. That's really one of the most important bits of information I can give you. Because what happens is when you ask somebody, look, I'm looking for a key player, and it's probably not you. I tell everybody that. I tell them no first before I even let them inhale and say anything to me because I can't stand hearing no. So I have got a million ways to present things so that I'm always saying no the whole way and make people come to me. I've done that my whole life with this and every other business I've ever done. So it's, it's just my style. And it protects my self-esteem and my own ego, and I find the right ones for me, even if there are fewer of them, because you don't need many people to make it. I'll tell you that right, right now, in all the major companies, all the people at the top, they can count one person, usually, that has 50 to 80 or 90% in some cases of their business volume. That's true across the board. In Amway, Dexter Yeager and his, when they first got started, one of his, and after they were making millions of dollars, not in the tape business, in the moving product and through customers and recruiting business, that business, Bill Britt was one of their top players. And I, I can't even remember what percent of the business he was for them, but it was definitely you know over 70%, and people who know them will be able to tell you that. And Bill Britt himself had one person who was 80 or 90% of his business, and he had many, many others. But there are normally not more than two or three people in the business of any major player in any company that basically give that that person, that top banana, 
most of their income. It's just how it is. You know, so the model of, you know, they get three who get three who get three is the model we talk about. But how it really works, you might have one or two, and they often are not even front line, that give you most of your income. So the key is, the first story is that I learned that if I ask for everyone and promise them the moon, I will get everyone, but I won't get the moon. What I get is mostly people that drop out. And I didn't like that. So I really started laser recruiting. And the way one can do that today is to ask people, if you're, if you're a talking person, do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? And then you describe who this person is. So that's the first story. I went from trying to recruit everybody by offering the moon to everybody to asking for very specific sorts of people. And in my case, it was people who were like me that had that kind of drive that I described. Okay, now let me tell you something else that happened that probably is relevant to some of you. When Jeff said I was a waiter, and that's been his story for many years, and he was a waiter, I was really, I was like, he was a waiter. You've got to be kidding. He was a waiter. And about four years after I was in that business and I had reached the top of that company in record time, um, we sat down one day and learned that he had actually been a waiter, I don't know, 10 years before. He wasn't a waiter like the year before or even six months before, but it was more like a decade before. And that, in fact, what the story really was, I mean, it wasn't like it was, he didn't tell like a fib. He just didn't tell the (laughs) in-between the time that he was a waiter and the day that he was speaking. They had been, his family had been in the Herbalife business. And they had been in it for, he'd been in it for all of his life, almost since he was born. His father was a major distributor in the Herbalife business. So he had been brought up with the network marketing business in his family. And so when he came to this company that had the water filters, he had, we learned that, because of course, because I hit the top spot myself, I was immediately in their inner circle. And this is when this all kind of unraveled. And this particular piece of information that I'm telling you now came out several years later that they had he had brought in four or five players from the previous company to come into this new water business. And that's all totally fine. But we didn't know that, and I didn't know any of that. And so sometimes when you think, well, gee, here's this kind of dodo standing in front of the room or – One of the other businesses I was in, the guy said, well, I used to be a clerk at, I don't know, at Walmart or maybe one of the bookstores. And so you, we all think, well, well that, you know, and I was, he was a truck driver. One of the guys was a tuna boat fisherman. Somebody else used to be a cleaner, a house cleaner. And so if you don't know any better, I didn't at the time, you kind of take it at face value. And, of course, it's inspirational because we think, well, gee, if, you know, if a waiter can do it, right, if a tuna boat fisherman can do it, if a clerk can do it, and they can't even tuck in their pants, what in the world is wrong with you? But I'm here to tell you that there's something to recruiting that's a little different than getting customers. And the reason that so many people drop out of it is because they really didn't know the backstory, and so they thought it was going to be easy and quick and don't know that most of the folks who are your heroes that are in the business, in most cases, of course there's always an exception, but in most cases they've got five or ten years of learning behind them. The Creeks have been, they've been my friends for years. 
they've been in the business as, as long as we've known each other. We've been in the business, I don't know, what, 20 years probably. Uh, Donna Stewart, your, your wonderful leader, she was a wonderful star in Amway. She's a wonderful gal. She would never tell anybody she just fell off the log yesterday. Your Lisa Cox, I mean, one of the here's this wonderful looking woman, right, and this wonderful person, and you think she's going to go out there and say, "Yeah, I used to, you know, be a hairdresser or something." You know, she's an experienced direct seller. So you see, when you know that the people who are your heroes have gone through the mill then you don't feel quite as stupid when you can't do it. Because you think, well, that was a clerk. He's a waiter. That's a tuna boat. For, that's what we thought. And we just all thought, well, how, how can this be? And that's my default mode at that time. Was I didn't know all this stuff about any of them. And, and there's, there's something to that. It's inspirational because I said, if he, can, if he can do it, for sure I can do it. But I came to certain bumps in my own business, and I didn't really know how to get beyond it. And when, when I met with people that had been in it for 10 or 15 years, they said, Kim, this is, you're going to have a plateau. This is what's going to happen, and here's what you need to do to get revved up. That's the other thing. Be sure to ask me at the end. Some of the, some of the people that are on the call may be NMDs, and you may have hit several stars, and now you're kind of plateaued. And for all I know, some of the organization is fragmenting because people do quit, kind of the nature of an entrepreneurial venture like this. People quit if they have other alternatives to earn enough income to keep things together. That's, that's just a real reality. And that's, you, have to, you have to realize that, and so you have to plan for it, and there are ways to do that. But I wanted you to know that these two stories, that I didn't know the background really of the, of the guy that inspired me to think, well, geez, if you can make 90000 a month, buddy, I for sure can make hundred grand a month, but I'm going to do it in 90 days. And I worked at it because I'm a driven person. But I'm here to tell you that some, every single one of the people in your company, for, I, I don't even know anybody that's in the top spot. Of course, I don't know all of your people, but the history in, in our industry is that it takes five to ten years to learn how to do it mostly because nobody really teaches you how to do it. It's kind of all been, it's easy, anyone can do it. Talk to people, hand out brochures, do this and do that. And they're really, if you want to make this work, if you want something where you go, I want to become a master recruiter. Because I'll tell you what, if you become a recruiting machine, if you learn how to do it, it is a very high-level skill. It looks easy, just like a surgeon it looks easy when he makes that incision. But if you haven't been to school and if you haven't done it on hundreds of cadavers, it's not going to be good work. So you have to ask, you know, what will be different about your business if you totally learn how to become a master recruiter? I mean, what's life going to be like when you don't have those recruiting problems anymore? And once I accepted that it wasn't quite what I thought it was, I changed how I recruited and it really became a question of finding people who had the same kinds of attitudes and drives and wishes to have an impact and to make a difference and to change not only my own life but show somebody who wants to how to change their life. And there, like I said, there are ways to do that so you stop getting all these Lulus who thought it was going to be easy and then they're gone the next day. Okay? All right. So 
those are the two stories. And then the, the third story, and the last one I want to tell you, is there's an expression in Tibet called a peacock can feed on poison. And here's what that means. In my career doing this, I've always done very crazy things, I guess, compared to other people. One of the things I used to do a lot in the beginning when I ran out of warm market, like who doesn't run out of warm market, right, at some point, unless you're traveling. Now, if you're very social and you're constantly going from city to city and town to town, you're constantly going to meet new people. If that's how you meet your new people, you can totally do that. In today's world, people do that on Facebook. They do it on Twitter, on Instagram. You can do it online. You can do it on the phone. You can call leads. There are many ways that you can expand your warm market. So don't sit there and think that just because your 10 friends, they said no or whatever, or they're just not up for it, that you can't find people. We are out here. Your job is to find us and call our name. Because I can tell you this, if I signed up with any one of you guys, because I know how to do this, your business would be impacted and you'd be real happy. And I'm saying that there are many Kim's out there, there are many Donna Stewart's out there, not many as in, and Lisa Cox's out there, and it's not many as in like nine out of ten. It's probably one in a thousand. But you see, there are so many thousands of people, and if you call their name clearly enough, they will hear and they will come. I promise you that. You just need to learn how to do it and give yourself the time to learn how to develop the skill set. Lawyers go to school for eight years. Doctors go to school for eight years, and they make less than we do. All right, so, so don't think it's going to come in 90 days. It won't. But you can get really skilled up and learn to call just a few names, and they will hear you and they will come. And that's what you've got to do. I'm going to show you how to do that. The peacock can feed on poison. Okay, so let, here's the example there. I used to do a lot of leads. I do leads today. I mean, I, if I started tomorrow, the first thing I would do is probably do leads. And there are a lot of ways to do them. You can email them. You can call them. But I, I, at that time, I did a lot of calling of leads. And one day, somebody told me, you sh- why are you doing leads? Don't you know that's not duplicatable? Well, I had never heard any expression like that. And I thought, what do you mean it's not duplicate? Who cares? I'm doing it. I don't care if nobody else does it. I don't care if I'm the only one who does it. Who cares? I'm not teaching this. I'm doing it. Okay? And the person goes, Oh, well, are you supposed to, you know, not do anything that other people can't do? And I said, well, I don't know why not. I'm me. They're them. They'll probably do something I don't know how to do. Who cares? You know, I'm, I'm doing it. So that was my attitude. It still is my attitude. However, the peacock can feed on poison means this. Let's take calling leads. If I say, okay, Marilyn and Don, I want you guys to call 100 leads. I'm going to give you the lead source. And I'm going to, Lisa, I want to give you 100 leads to call, and here's the list. And if she's going to say, yep. And I'm going to say, Donna Stewart, you're going to get another 100. Just pretend. And I'm going to get all the leads from the same source that I'm going to be calling. And then I'm going to be the fourth person calling. Okay? So that's four groups. We're going to call 100 leads, all different leads from the same vendor, however. So I'd just like to tell you what you're going to get, because I did this a couple of months ago, and this is about what I have. And we are all going to get these same results. Okay? So are you ready for this? Of the 100 people, about... 27 voicemails not set up. You can be God. If you're calling these same numbers, you're going to have about 27 voicemails that are not set up, period. Okay? Next one's probably about 24 disconnected numbers. Then we're going to get about 17 wrong numbers. You will get probably nine dead people. They just died, like really great. You'll maybe leave 19 messages, and you might connect with four people. 
It doesn't matter who you are. You can be any, any one of us or any one of you. And these are the results most likely that you're going to get from a typical lead source that's selling business opportunity or MLM type leads. This is what it's going to be. Now, on the four connect, of the four, there are probably going to be three people who are really not into doing a business of their own, if you're straight with them about what you're looking for, and one person who might really have some life force. And we all would probably sign that person up at whatever the top level is. So that would be one couple of hours of work, and it would not be really very pleasant because we would all dial because we'd make each other do the, the worst of this, of this type of activity, which is dial the number yourself. No room or anybody else doing that for you. Do, do your own. <laughs> that's what we did. And that's what I would do today. It would show. So you can see it's not about you. But you see, that's not going to kill any of us. We don't really like it. I wouldn't say we'd get up and go, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get another nine dead people today. But we would do it, however, and we could get that one person. And we'd all do that in most cases, you know, because we know how to do that. It took, what, two hours, a very unpleasant time, maybe even two and a half hours. However, if you ask a new person to do this, it will be poison for them. Namely, they're going to go, I am quitting. There's no way in this world I'm going to do this kind of stuff. What do you mean? I already called four people and three disconnected things and two voicemails and two dead people. This doesn't work. I'm quitting. Boom. So when you think about if you're brand new and something isn't working in the recruiting world, like say you're calling leads or you're learning how to do Facebook ads, just remember that if you're not a peacock yet, it's probably going to kill you. So don't judge what you can do by your experience if you don't have any. If you've never done this, how are you going to be good? Do you know what I mean? So when you think about this isn't working or that isn't working, let me tell you something. Every method that I've ever heard of, and there have been some really crazy ways people have been brought into this business, has worked for somebody. There are top people I know that have never done warm market, period. They just stay in the cold market. When I began, except for one person who was really my business partner, I did all cold market. I didn't even think about my warm market, except for the product. That's how I started. I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool. I could, I could do newspaper ads. I, when I began, I, I was in my real estate business, so I did sell a lot of filters to my clientele. We had trucks going out every weekend, pickup trucks with all the, with all the demos that we were sending out. But in terms of my recruiting, I, pr- I ran out of those people really soon, and I went to the newspapers almost right away because I really liked that. And in today's world, you could obviously do something similar on Facebook. But I just want you to know that the recruiting side of the business is is different than marketing the product in really one big way. I mean, it's very similar. Shopping for shoes, you need to call people's names who are the right ones for this. But the big difference is that when when you're calling someone to join you in the business, if you are doing what what I did, which is I want a key person, to help me expand, to find and train and recruit the sales force and the reps in the area because we are going to come and own this area for this product. That's how I see it. What happened when I did that, and we ran these ads all over the country, everybody came, including part-timers. See, I never led with 
you can do this part-time and make full-time income. I never believed that in the first place because it's like I don't know of anything where you can make full-time income part-time unless you've already built up and you are the peacock. You've built up all these skills already, and then because you've got it going and you have people that are doing things for you, like Marilyn, she can take 10 days off, and the whole business doesn't collapse. Why? Because there are people doing stuff. So you build it up after you've kind of earned your stripes, there will be people who keep going without you. But it doesn't start like that. So you really need to build it up. When you think about a business and you think about recruiting, I mean, one of the biggest tips I can give you is this. The easier you make it look, the quicker they're going to drop out. The faster you tell people the money can be made, the more disappointed they'll be, particularly if they have no experience, when they don't make any. And the more you encourage by saying, well, the product sells itself, everybody wants this, you know, everybody, I don't know, I heard somebody say, you know, everybody with the skin is going to want this. Well, you know, what happens is, first of all, that's not true. You all know that's not true. If you've been one day marketing any product, there's no product for everyone. Not even God is for everyone. There are people who are atheists. Some people don't even want to be alive. They commit suicide. So Apple isn't for everyone. PCs aren't for everyone. Our skincare line isn't for everyone. How many skincare lines are there? What, 100? If you go to Nordstrom's and look, my goodness, they're from Clinique to Estee Lauder, plus, uh, what, six or eight uh, network marketing companies. And you know from before when we... But some of you may not have been on that call, but if you're talking to a product person, let's say you're talking to somebody who say you have this great skincare product and you're going to love it and yada, yada, you know, the way people normally do. And what happens is the person, you sample them and they say, yes, it worked, but I'm not going to buy it. And you're going, well, why not? Why won't you buy it? It worked for you. You look a lot better. And it's, well, I just don't want to buy it, you know. And then you find out that there's somebody who's using a skincare cream that's like six or eight bucks, like Pond's. And yours is 80. Well, there's a value disconnect. It's like they don't want to pay 80 bucks. And they, it's not that they necessarily that they don't have it. It's just the values are not there. I'm a spot person. I'm a facialist person. I love to go to the golden door. I'm one of those. Other people look at me and say, what, are you crazy? I would never spend that kind of money. Well, that's we all have values like belly buttons, and we're all different. So what you want with a product line, is ask for people who are looking for, you know, I have this high-end, spa-quality, J-Lo Glow-type, Kim Kardashian-type skincare product. You know, Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? And, oh, by the way, it doesn't have the usual chemical crap in it. And what have you done? You've really made that person an ambassador for you, looking for the people that you're looking for. And I've done exactly the same thing with recruiting, the same, exactly the same thing. You're looking for somebody who really wants to have an impact, make a giant difference, have something of their own, and really put the pedal to the metal who does not give one bean about what other people think about them. They're going to do it anyway. Such a crazy person. And somebody who wants to make just so much money they can't even see straight and have such a good time. Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? You see, so you put it out there so that they know that you're looking and you want that one person. And if you do it in the right way, often that entrepreneurial spark inside that person will be woken up 
and they'll go, I, I want to be somebody like that. How do you, I want to be that person. Because people love being excited. They love having an impact. They love sharing stuff that they really care about. But not everybody does, you see. And it's not an easy thing to do. And you have to be able to let go when it doesn't work. Some of you know some of the Bible stories, but look at Jesus. He didn't get them all. What, what did he tell his guys to do? Go two by two, right? <laughs> so you're not going by yourself. Go two by two and tell the story. That's what he said. And if they don't respond, leave. And don't forget to knock the crud off your sandals as you leave. So you see, you have to realize that the people that you're looking for, if you ask for the moon, you will find maybe one moon in your life, but you get a lot of little stars. That's what I did. And I've done that every single time. Because people want to make something out of their lives. They want somebody to help them be what they can be and you can do that without ever hyping them or telling them how easy it is but instead what a thrill it's going to be when they turn themselves inside out it's like the caterpillar and the butterfly and wanting to get to that place where recruiting is never again an issue because you've become highly skilled is what I teach people how to do but I've given you a lot here and the whole idea here was to give you a taste of what I've done to get to the top of every company, I mean the very top position possible, and almost every one of them faster than anybody else. Usually in two months I'm like I've recruited, you know, a couple hundred people personally. And it's because this is how I do it. Like I said, the easier you make it look and sound, the quicker they'll drop out. And I'll tell you something else about making it sound easy, anyone can do it. That's kind of a, a traditional thing in the industry. And it's something that has changed a little bit, I would say. I, I don't know that any one of the leaders on this call would tell you, yes, it's easy, anyone can do it, ha, ha, ha. It can be anyone who gets to the top, but it's hardly easy. Any more than any other career path is easy, particularly, you know, one of an entrepreneur. But if you offer that too much, people will drop out, particularly people that don't have experience because they believe it, see? So these are things you want to be really, really careful of when you speak to people. And when you speak to somebody, good. If you were talking to me and you said it's easy, anyone can do it, I would know you don't have a clue. Either that or you just, you know, you're just making up stuff. And I wouldn't sign up with either one of you. I don't want to sign up with a clueless person if I knew it in advance, and I certainly don't want to sign up with somebody that's going to tell me a boatload of BS just to get me in. I mean, I had a guy call, I forget, maybe last year, because I get hit up pretty regularly. And he said, just, Kim, think what you could make if you signed up. And I said, well, yeah, of course I know what I can make when I sign up, because I, I know how to do this. But why would I sign up with you? And he says, well, you know, because I have a binary and I've got one runaway leg. And I said, like, well, I know a lot of people in your company, and they all have binaries, and everybody has a runaway leg. So I could step into any one of those spots. Why would I, what, what are you going to do for me? And the guy couldn't do anything because he hadn't, hadn't done anything. So you see, telling people that it's easy or that it's going to be quick, the good people turn away because they know better. You know, if you think about Steve Jobs or you think about Bill Gates or you think about anyone who's amounted to anything, do you think that if you were to say to Bill Gates, Bill Gates, listen, i got a deal for you, it's easy, anyone can do it. You can make a boatload of money doing almost nothing. 
do you really think that he would respond or that Steve Jobs would respond or that the guys who founded Google would respond? They want a challenge because they want the adrenaline that the challenge gives, and then they want to overcome it. Isn't that who you want in your business? So what I've done is I want that for me. Therefore, I want, it in, I want to find those people. And that's what I've done. And when I run an event and say, you know, tell somebody, for example, we have some people coming who are making 100 grand a month. You can come and meet them, see what they're doing. Not that you can do it, but you're going to get to meet these people. I've had people come and say, I just wanted to meet somebody who was making 100 grand a month. I never met anybody like that before. So you see, you get people from all different walks of life. And if you ask for people who want to turn themselves inside out, who want to do something and really max out, even if it's four or five hours a day, that's the sort of person that I am looking for. And all the part-timers came to me free for nothing. They all came. So it's a very different way of doing things, and, but it's been very successful for me. And I really like having a small team. Remember, Jesus only had 12, and now look. And remember also he had like a frontline pukey and a, all kinds of other problems. He didn't, wasn't a piece of cake for him either. But they've done all right. So you don't need a lot of people. And the more exclusive you are in the way you present what you have, the more the right people are drawn to you. Because we all like that. Why does Harvard have so many applicants? Because it's so hard to get into it. That's why. Okay. All right. So that's my introduction. And if you guys have some questions you want to, I'm right here to help people uh, with whatever questions that they have. I have a question. Just ask. Thank you so much for all of your valuable information. I really appreciate it all. Oh, good, good, good. My question is, is um, I've learned so much from you, so I am putting into practice what you've taught, and I'm trying to find those rock stars. And so one place I've been searching is in professional offices with doctors or even with stylists because they carry these products, and I see the opportunity of, you know, a quantity, a volume of products being sold. So here's my challenge is how do you get past the receptionist, the gatekeeper? What do you say to the receptionist? What do you say to get into the doctor or get into the stylist past the person that's the gatekeeper? Okay. Well, the first thing is treat them as though they own the place. We used to market products and get into doctors' offices exactly like that. And we would, I would always treat the receptionist as though she were the, the owner of the place and say, look, you know, we're introducing this product into the area for people who yada, 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 yada. Do you think you have patients in your office who might like to know about something like that? See, we had a health product at that time. So for what you might do is the same thing. It's, do, you, do you think you have people who are coming here, customers, clients, whatever the, the, the noun is that they use, who might like to know about something like that? For all you know, they're sleeping with the boss. So if you treat them as though they are next to God and say, do you guys have clients who might like to know about this new type of product that we're bringing into town, what do you think she's going to say? Well, what is it? Duh. (laughs) And then, of course, you don't give some gobbledygook language that nobody understands. What's this high-end spot quality product for people who don't want to have nine things to put on their skin at night? Oh, and they want to look like Kim Kardashian, J-Lo Glow type stuff, but without the chemicals. Do you think you have clients in your office who might like to know about something like that if, if they knew it were available? You got it, Camille? Got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, the key is keep the kimono closed. 
So you don't want to talk about words that they don't know. We mean nothing to anyone who doesn't know who we are and doesn't know what the name of the product is. So what you do is you lead with by association for high-enders, spa quality, and without the chemicals that a lot of us don't want to have on our skin. Do you, okay. do you have clients who might like to know about something like that? And proud chances are good that she'll say, well, let me find out. And find out, and that's how I got into lots of doctor's offices, and that's what I would do today. Do you have patients okay. or do you have clients? And ask that person. And often she'll say, well, we might. Let me ask Dr. Dingaling or let me ask the stylist or let me ask the owner, and we'll see. And if you call 10 places, there's one or two. In fact, we've done that with some of, your, some of you guys, with some of my students some of the, that are in some of my classes, where they then were able to go and do like a little demo. Because in most cases, hairstyle salon, salons that are independently owned already carry lines of product. They'll have nail care. All of you who get your nails done and get your hair done, normally these places have stuff that they market. And they all earn markups. So from the point of view of would you like to add a product line or would, if people had a chance to see it, do you think they'd like to know about something like this? It would be an easy thing if they're looking for maybe one or two in ten of those places that you call to consider adding your line. And in that case, you'd be really careful about talking about the network marketing side of it because many of them, don't, they'll say, is it network marketing? And what we told them, which is the same thing, it's true for you, is what you can do the networking side if you want to, if you want to sign up other salons, for example. But we have a product side where you're basically just marketing the product like you do any other skincare, except this one happens to be the high-end stuff without the chemicals. Because they don't have to, in addition, become a network marketer. Some, sometimes you'll have that. So be sure to keep those separate if somebody asks you. Okay, Camille? Okay, that's a good tip. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I do yeah think just in case. Because I network marketing, that's the challenge. They say it's a sales, and then they don't want to talk to you. Well, so, the yeah. thing is, it depends on how you present it. You can tell them. If somebody says, is this one of these MLM things, you can say, well, there's actually two sides to it. There's, it's one of those things on the one side, and I happen to really love it. I think it's totally cool. But there's also just direct sales. So the product line stands by itself. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Totally. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. You know, you have to be somebody who really wants to make a big difference. You really want to build a big organization. You really have to want to thrill at the idea that you can turn yourself into somebody that, you, that really is going to be able to make a big difference in this particular way. So if you know anyone, let me know, okay? Always, if you know anyone, if you know anyone, do you know anyone? When somebody says, that's me, then you can start a conversation. And then ask them, hey, have you got any experience in marketing or teaching or public speaking or have you ever owned your own business before? Because that really tells you what the learning curve is going to be. My friend Paula Pritchard, she's one of the top rock stars on the planet in this industry, and she has something called a little prospect scale. And she said, you know, Kim, here's what I used, to, and that's why she still does it to this day. And the prospect scale is a person who has only had a job, and then the next one is somebody who has owned their own business, but they've never done the networking side of it. And then there's someone who's had experience in network marketing before. Of those three, who do you think takes the longest time to rev up and learn how to become a, a network marketing recruiting machine? Somebody who's had a job only, somebody who's owned their own business, or somebody who's got some network marketing chops? 
and we all I think we all kind of know that if you get somebody in the business that has network marketing experience, which is what peacocks do, that's what I did. I went after the minute I learned how to do this, I said, you know what, I'm going to find every other networker on the planet that has quit or is unhappy, and I'm going to reach out to all of them because the learning curve was so much shorter. And you can find them. That's what we do. When you, once you get to the top of the heap, you can find your cohorts, and they will come to you. So you want to get to the top of the heap as soon as you can. Okay, any other questions? Hey, Melissa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It is amazing. And uh, the question I have is when you do find other network marketers, and you build it. first of all, I know you want to build some kind of rapport with them in a relationship. How do you ease into telling them or getting them into your business, I guess? Well, what I would do is I wouldn't, I'm not much into the relationship. That's a very long way around, in my opinion. But when I go recruiting and look for people that have experience in network marketing, I'll ask them, look, I'm looking for somebody who could be a key player in this area to help develop this area. And depending on where they live, if I'm going to build there, that's what I would tell them. Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? So I wouldn't hit them up directly, even if they're standing right in front of me. Do you see how that works? Yes. Because you don't want to do that. You always ask them, do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? Because if they are available, they will speak up and say yes. If not... You see, otherwise you, you might be accused of being, I don't know what there's names for people like that who go around stealing other people and saying, my deal's better than yours. That is like so lame. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but what Why? you want to do is, well, because it is. Every company says that their thing is the best. Everybody's going to want it. The product sells itself, and they have the best pay plan. I mean, do you know that there are like 2,500 companies in the DSA, and every last one of them says exactly that to all of their two or 300,000 reps about all their products? and about all the pay plans and all the managements and all the histories of all the companies, and they're all telling these people the same things. So okay. what you want to do is stand out and say, this is what I'm looking for. Do you know anyone who might like to know about something like that? Do you know an unhappy network marketer who really wants to hit it out of the park with this type okay. of skincare and wants to be a key player right here? That's who I'm looking for. And they'll say, well, I might want to be that person. I, I could be that person. I say, well, I don't know. Do you right. see how you're doing it? you got to get off your knees. No begging in network marketing. Okay, guys? Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you so much, Kim. Love okay. you. Oh, Lay, love you guys back. You know that. You're love awesome, guys. Kim. Thanks, Kim. Love you. Oh, love you. Kim. Kiss, kiss to you guys, all of you, actually. What an inspiration. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey there, this is Kim Claver, and if this is something that appeals to you, learning how to become a real master recruiter, it's not something that people do immediately. Most people do exactly what I did, which is do what your upline tells you when you're totally new and sponsor anything that moves. And I have done that, and my first lesson I ever learned was if you do that, yes, you might sponsor a lot of people, but most everybody will drop out. So what happened after that is I realized I'm going to focus on the kinds of people that I'm looking for so that it's kind of like if you're in the NFL, say the National Football League, you're going to be looking for people who really like to play football, who want to play football, and who are pretty good at it or want to get pretty good at it. You're not going to be looking for people who are 
ballerina or somebody who wants to play jacks or somebody who's a singer. You're looking for the kinds of people that want to do the sort of thing that you want because, you know, people have choices. So one of the classes that I created is called The Art of Recruiting. And it shows you really how to take the stress out, how I took the stress out of my recruiting by asking for certain kinds of people. Stuff like this. Exactly how I ran ads, including what I put in them. And you can do that exactly to this day online or off that take the stress out because you do ask for the right ones and you are way more likely to get people, the right people to say yes. It includes icebreakers that you can use. What do you say to anybody, anywhere, anytime, even riding up and down the escalator so that you don't look like you're some kind of a loser and that you're begging on your knees for anybody that you can get? Another topic in this program is how to work leads online or off. And I show you how to do that so you don't drown in no's from the wrong people in the first place. Instead, with this strategic inviting technique, you're likely to have someone who's likely to help you in your business and lift you up and who really wants to be part of your team, because that's what's fun. So that class is called The Art of Recruiting. I taught that a few years ago, and people paid $695 for it. And I have it on my Kim Claver Academy website right now for $169. But I have something special for you, because obviously you listened this far. So I want to give you something that makes the cost non-important. It's a little surprise just for people who have listened this far. I have another class on recruiting that I did just a few weeks ago. If any of you are phone people and you want to call leads, a lot of people like doing that, but they kind of, again, drown in the nose because so many leads are just totally the wrong people for building a business of their own. They're completely not interested in the business. They really never said they were interested. Somebody told them, hey, you want to make money for nothing? And they go, yes, <laughs> and then they're on the list. So if you want to learn how to interview people, which is what I did from really the second phase of my first business, I learned some interview questions and I used them to get two or three top people in every one of my businesses who built it out, who helped me build it out. Of course, I sponsored several hundred people personally in all my businesses, frontline. But of those, there were two or three who gave me 80 to 90% of my considerable income. And I'd like to show you how I got those people with personal interview questions. And I just created this class. And here is the special offer for just people who have listened to this call. That means you. So please don't pass it on. You ready? That recruit by phone class went over so well that... I wanted to offer it to you with the art of recruiting. So what I'm offering you guys is two programs for the price of one. One, the art of recruiting course, which is $169, and the recruit by phone clinic, which includes those personal interview questions, and I demo all of them during the class. That's $97. And I want to give you both for $97. That's it. It's going to be a short-term offer, so if this is something that you want, here's the link for it so that you can get it for $97, both of them. So the two programs together would be, well, $169 and $97, I guess, is is $266, and you can get it for $97 right now. So there's only one place to get this. Please don't pass it on. It's just for people that have listened to this class. So here's what to do next if you want to have this. Go to EnlightenedRecruiter.com, EnlightenedRecruiter.com, just like it sounds. So it's E N 
L-I-G-H-T-E-N-E-D, recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, dot com. Remember, that is all jammed together, no spaces, enlightenedrecruiter.com. And that's a secret link for listeners who want to move their business ahead and learn how to recruit strategically, getting at least a few of the very right, most right people into your business instead of just getting a whole bunch of people, most of whom end up dropping out. All right, that's how I built my businesses to the top five times after learning in the first business that if I recruit anything that moves and can fog a mirror, that's mostly what I'm going to get and everybody drops out, just about. If you learn how to ask for the right people, as if you are a recruiter for the NFL or for a baseball team or for a ballerina team or for for any specific interest, whether it's the ministry, whether it's being an entrepreneur, whether it's making an impact in the world in a specific area, Anything where people dream of excelling in that area, that's what you're looking for. And you ask for certain kinds of people, you'll get a few stars. And that's what you want. That's how all of us have made all this money. Every single person at the top of any heap of any company I've ever known about has got two or three people that give them 80 to 90% of all their money. Everybody else is there and contributes, but you had those few drivers are what make it work, and this is what will allow you to find those people. All right? So I hope you enjoyed this, and whether you get these programs or not, it's entirely up to you. Hopefully you enjoyed the session regardless. All right? P.S. I have a new SMS text message system. That means that you can get a text on your phone, and I give these out a couple, two, three times a week with little tips that are on the house, And if you'd like to sign up for that, that means you'll get a little text message where, you know, your phone is going to go buzz, buzz, and it's going to say, here's Kim's talk, and you'll get little one or two minute ditties. The first one I did is called Chill Pill. The second one is called Easy Come, Easy Go. And the third one is Stella. That's how far I am right now. So if you'd like to get those, go to the new page, kimtalk.com, K-I-M-T-A-L-K.com, all jammed together. So go to that page and sign up at the bottom to get a couple of free tips from me every week right onto your phone, right into your gadget, whatever you've got, so you can just hear it direct from me to you. Go to Kim, K-I-M, talk, T-A-L-K dot com, all together, kimtalk.com. All right, I'll talk to you soon. This is Kim Flavor, and you're welcome to come visit me at my blog as well, kimsblog.com, K-I-M-S-B-L-O-G dot com. See you later.